This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we give you guys everything you needed to know about North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the North Shore, or the record North Shore founding members, Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino. We got a lot of sports to talk about as the spring season moves on forward. It's getting slowly warmer and warmer. Um, I feel like we really haven't had the usual uh, rainouts and that kind of stuff. I feel like it's been a pretty tame spring so far. So um luckily for a lot of the sports that are going on right now it's been pretty tame but um we'll get you all caught up on everything that's happening here with all the spring sports happening just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available apple Podcasts, spotify what have you android we are there as well um we're going to do our usual four quarter format where in the first quarter we uh get you all caught up on all the spring sports that's going on the biggest headlines we got um, we got some fun stuff going on there. In the second quarter, we are joined by Loyola Academy volleyball player Ryan Merck. In the third quarter, we play our weekly guessing game, way or no way. And in the fourth quarter, we got some lax previews going on, uh, football awards to talk about, and maybe we'll even mention some track and field. But why don't we get things started here by uh, talking about um, some of our uh, state tournament hopeful teams. We actually got... Um, some water polo playoffs that will start next week. Um, so we are heading into uh, the playoff season here um, as we get into the middle of May. And Joe, um, I know you got a chance to catch up with one of our area uh, volley- uh, girls uh, water polo teams. And uh, why don't you tell us about how the season's going and how um, we are heading into uh, the postseason now? Yeah, sure. You know, we hadn't had a chance uh, too much to go out and see yet uh, water polo and those se- the seasons now are going so quickly. So I just wanted to catch up with uh, Nutria girls who are having an excellent season and coach Matt went over there uh, just talking to them where they're at and they're, they're really strong. Um, you know, I actually, I should check right now because that's a couple big games um, with Naperville Central on Saturday and Monday, I believe. But before then, they were 17 and two. So they were in a really good spot. Their only losses coming um, to, um, you know, other top four teams in the state. And, and Coach Went told me he considers the Trevians a top four, which is which is state um, state trophy territory. So he thinks they're on a path um, to, to that spot, and uh, he's really excited um, about the postseason. He just wants them to, to put it together a little bit more. Um, but, uh, they've really done it with kind of a balance, you know, Nutrier girls water polo has been known throughout the years for their defensive efforts. Uh, they, they hold opponents to a really low score this season. They're really countering with a pretty good attack. Um, you know, I mentioned in the story, you guys should check it out that, that they've put up scores in, you know, the high twenties, um, against, you know, reputable programs in the area, the Glenbrooks, um, uh, North and South. So high twenties, um, you know, they probably average right around, you know, the 15 mark, um, but they can really rack it up there and, and they're still holding opponents pretty low. Um, one thing to look out for though, the Evanston program has just been a constant, um, uh, 
uh, a constant grower over the years. And, you know, Matt went, you know, the coach think, considers them as equal. So there's a chance they play each other five times this year. They've already played each other three times with a total margin of victory of, I think, eight, I said. And it's gone from like four, maybe maybe five to two to one uh, goals that, that Nutria has won by. So this is a really good rivalry uh, budding here with uh, Nutria and Evanston. And they're going to see each other probably in the conference tournament coming up and um, could see each other in the sectional for a trip to state. So really exciting stuff on the girls' water polo side. Joe, when you talk to them, I mean, what did they say um, it's kind of been like just this past year? I mean, obviously losing a season last year and kind of getting back into things this year. And um, obviously, like you mentioned, the conference and playoffs. I mean, do they talk about what it was just like um, dealing with everything this year and just getting a chance to get back out there? I think there's, you know, after a lot of these spring programs, they just are, you know, they just light up a little bit, um, getting to talk about their program and, and obviously getting out on the field, the court, the pools, because they didn't have a 2020 season. So same goes for water polo. Um, you know, you know, some of these, some of the girls on the team played in, in 2019, but not a lot. So their first varsity experience for a lot of these players and they're, they're really dominating and uh, they're excited to just get out there and, Games come a little faster um, as they try to, you know, they're rushing through the season a little bit, but they're getting them all in on the water pole. There haven't been that many cancellations. I mean, they've played before this weekend, 19, so now over 20 games, um, which is, you know, 20 matches, which is huge. So we're, like everybody else, really excited to be out there and putting forth a pretty spectacular season. Yeah, definitely. So we'll talk, uh, we'll have a little bit more water polo talk in the third quarter with way or no way, but why don't we jump on over now? and uh, talk about some uh, Loyola Academy boys volleyball who uh, defeated Montini on Tuesday night, 25-19, uh, 25-16. Ramblers are now 19-3 and three and take on Fenwick on Thursday. Um, guys, it seems like this team is continually uh, continuing to uh, uh, play really strongly and, I mean, like playing a lot of games. I mean, 21 uh, or 22 games matches so far. Um, they're really getting into it. Uh, with the postseason heading down toward the end of the month. Yeah, they, they're, uh, this is a really good program. And the, their losses are to other, you know, state caliber teams. I think they just picked up their third loss against Marist, who's a, uh, a perennial power. And, uh, you know, they have a state trophy in their case. Um, I'm sorry, state championship in their trophy case. Um, and I think, uh, if I can Stevenson and Glenbrook North, it looks like the other two programs to top them. And, uh, this, this team coming out of Glenbrook North looks like maybe, uh, it might be one of the best teams in the area, but, uh, just to jump in, if you look at what the Rambos have done, it looks like they've won seven of their last eight. Um, and you know, not these games are not even going to three sets. They're, they're, they're clearing them in two sets. So as Joe said, really, really, really strong program. And, uh, going to tease a, a little bit of some uh, maybe a, a mini scoop that we have here about what could potentially come forward um, and, and the chance for them to uh, to prove their medal at the highest level. Yeah. And my, Michael, you mentioned that they're playing a ton of games and they are, and they're playing, you know, tournaments uh, every weekend. They just played uh, up in Deerfield quad. Um, they swept that one beating Deerfield Lake Zurich and prospect uh, the week before they play in the tournaments. Plus they're playing two to three matches a week. So they're, they're definitely getting their time on the floor um, and really a well-rounded team. Um, you know, they're, 
you know, you, we're going to hear from Ryan Merkin in, in a minute, but he's a libero playing outside and he's their leading attacker. I say libero because that's, he's going to Penn state to be a libero, but a four-year varsity talent, um, just a nice athlete. So um, he's their leader, but they really get contributions all over the floor. It's a, it's a good team. And um, as Marty said, hinting a bit toward a story that I think Michael's going to tease in a second, but um, they want the postseason. They want a full postseason, uh, and uh, who knows? They might get it. Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, po uh, point <laughs> off right there, Joe. Uh, but uh, I know that you uh, talked to uh, obviously a lot of stuff is going on now with uh, a bridge plan being planned to be open toward the end of the week and the full reopening and that kind of stuff. And um, I know that uh, we've teased earlier in past podcasts where we talked about um, you know most of these teams are getting state championships or state tournaments, but um, one of the things that uh, isn't really clear yet or is uh, boys lacrosse and boys volleyball where um, some of these guys get a regional and a sectional, but not as full state tournament. And um, I know you recently wrote an article about uh, trying to uh, say exactly like what the situation is and like whether these teams are actually going to get a chance um, to actually play for a state championship this year. Yeah. And we were following, um, the reopening guidelines and the sports safety guidelines from the state really closely when it was basketball, because it had to hit this certain mark to see if basketball could play. Then they changed that mark a little bit and basketball did play. So um, looking at those, that table again from the state, um, spring sports get state tournaments, except for boys volleyball, because it is a medium risk indoor sport. It's the only one um, this spring. And uh, boys lacrosse because it's a high risk outdoor sport and it's the only high risk sport this spring. So um, they do not get under state guidelines a chance at a state tournament. They'll have local play. So volleyball will have a regional and um, and uh, lacrosse will have boys lacrosse will have a sectional. And if you guys are wondering, girls lacrosse by the rules is not a contact sport by the rules is not a contact sport. That's, you know, they play with no pads um, over over contact is a infraction. So that's why they get a full state tournament. But um, so I wondered when Governor Pritzker came out and said, you know, bridge by May 14th um, and phase five, which is a, a reopening of Illinois by July 11th and the season ends, I'm sorry, June 11th and the season ends on the 19th. Is that enough time to maybe add a state tournament? So I talked to Augie Fonetta, who's uh, the Nutria board, I'm sorry, the Nutria athletic director, but also an IHSU board member, as well as uh, Coach Ebling, um, who's the Loyola volleyball coach. And um, basically, uh, Augie told me that, yes, that is enough time. So if that happens, if there is no major backstep or regression in the, the state's COVID metrics, um, and we reopen on the 11th, they will have time to add a state tournament, a state championship for both volleyball and um, boys lacrosse. So that's, that's great news. It seems like we're heading in that direction um, and it's definitely possible. I don't know if a lot of volleyball coaches know that, the, you know, this, this comes, the Pritzker's announcement came at a time when, um, what actually sparked this idea, a lot of volleyball coaches were kind of starting the social media campaign, similar to what basketball did to try to yeah. push them to, to do that. So I really think there's two paths for them to get a state championship. One, if we hit that mark, plan B, which Augie um, that said the IHS has in place in case it does reopen, that happens. Or the state changes the metrics like they did for basketball. 
they just kind of move the goalpost forward a little bit and realize that, hey, volleyball plays on two sides of the net. There is literally no contact other than if they touch shoes under the net. Why is it a medium risk sport? <laughs> um, pardon my um, opinions there, but um, maybe they change those metrics and, 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 and then we were able to have those day tournaments. So I think there's two paths and um, we could see that in the, in the, in the summer. Yeah, really good look into uh, an important question where we've even talked about state championships and that kind of stuff, but um, a good look to it. Make sure you guys are check it out on the record northshore.org and get all the details from the story there. Um, and we're going to finish up the first quarter here by talking about uh, the neutral girls soccer team who is uh, really uh, putting stringing together some strong wins with uh, wins against Stevenson and GBS uh, this past Tuesday as well. Um, guys, I mean, I, don't, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but this team is really stringing together um, a lot of strong wins and uh, really building momentum toward the end of the conference slate and toward the postseason. Yeah, only loss of the year came the first of this month on, on May 1 against Libertyville. Uh, since then, they've won four in a row and have just really um, been 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 rolling here lately and and if you look at their their two most recent wins uh, a 2-0 victory over Stevenson obviously traditionally a, a powerhouse program there in, in many sports but but girls soccer as well uh, and then their most recent win of a 3-0 victory over GBS and um, looks like maybe the Titans are struggling a little bit this year but nonetheless a, a still impressive uh, victory for the Trevians and then coming up they've got Maine South later this week and then a Saturday matchup against Lake Forest so um, it, you know, it, the, the road doesn't get any easier, but this team has shown us that, uh, they're ready to face off with anyone. So, uh, should be, should be a really nice finish for them. And perhaps, you know, they can even run the table here and finish off with, uh, just that one loss this year. Yeah, I know they have, they have state title hopes, um, like they do every year. So surprise, surprise, that's not, um, really, but you know, Morgan Fagan told us she was their athlete of the week last week. She's their striker. Um, she told us that, you know, that's what they, that's their goal. You know, they want to win a state tournament. So packing the schedule, like Marty said, with the Lake Forest, the Stevensons and the um, um, Liberty Bills of the world, some of the best teams is, is by design um, to kind of give them, give them that competition and prepare them for the postseason. It'll be a fun to check them out, see how they uh, keep on progressing as we head toward the end of the season while with conference championships and um, state tournaments as well, obviously always a strong team and we'll keep an eye on them, but um, that's all we got for the first quarter. So let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Loyola Academy boys volleyball player, Ryan Merck. You heard about him in the first quarter. Um, one of the strong players for uh, the Ramblers boys volleyball team and a Penn State, Penn State commit. Uh, Joe, I know you got a chance to uh, catch up with him this week. Uh, what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, they're going to hear Ryan talk about uh, why he chose Penn State, um, you know, a top volleyball program out there. Uh, for boys volleyball um, and uh, you know what he thinks of this season so far and, and what he thinks the boys you know what's the key been to their success so um, just a couple questions with Ryan all right let's take a listen and, uh, Penn State why is Penn State the right fit for you um, their academics are great um, the campus I went on a visit there and I loved it there uh, great community um, I love the coaches there and the team was really uh, open and cool with me when I visited there. All right. Um, curious, what what do you want to accomplish, or what do you want to get better at, at the, for the college level? 
like within this next year before you go to college? What do you want to improve? Um, I want to improve on definitely like uh, communication. Uh, I'm going as a libero to Penn State, so you okay. need to you need to be on the same page with your passers, and um, I want to like be more vocal and definitely. Uh, the next step to college, the serves get a lot tougher, so I need to keep practicing my serve receive and perfect that. Okay, last question I just always ask, you know, about the season. So, um, it's off to a, I guess you're halfway through the season or so. So, yeah. how's it going? How do you guys feel about it, and what do you want to accomplish? Um, it's going really good. Um, we're 19-3 right now, um, so we're off to a really strong way through the season. Um, and we feel very confident and going into these next couple of games, we're definitely improving every single game. You can see every single player is contributing more and more. And the thing about our team, which I love is we're all, we all contribute. We're not just one, one like player, like we don't rely on one player, Uh, everyone we can count on. We're well-rounded and that comes with great coaching. Um, our head coach, assistant, all our coaches—they uh, they tell us the right things to do, right things to do, uh, the right uh, zones to serve, and they teach us the right things in practice. And yeah, thanks so much, Ryan, for joining us as always, and thank you as always to all the coaches and players for joining us. Always good to get your guys' insight. All right, we're halfway through the podcast, so let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure to check them out, move better, and live better. All right, third quarter means that we have our weekly battle between Joe and Marty in way or no way. I give Joe and Marty five propositions, and they say whether way it can happen, no way it cannot happen. With a water polo playoff starting next week, we're going to dive in and talk about um, what our local team's chances are for the postseason. So, uh, Joe, way or no way to start things off, that the number one seed, Nutri Boys Volleyball, let's start that again. The number one uh, seed, Nutri Boys Water Polo team can make it to the state game this season. Um. Yeah, so when I talked to Coach Went over on the girls' side with Nutrier, he told me, um, obviously the boys have had an impressive season too. They're the number one seed. But he told me he thinks they're a top four team too. And, and you know, top four is important because that's a that's a state trophy territory right there. So uh, I will say way that they can, and I think they should make the state series or state uh, championships. Yeah, and maybe here I'm just going for a, for a disagreement because maybe we've had a little too uh, too many agreements here recently. <laughs> so I'm going to go no way on this one. Uh, I know Joe Joe mentioned that in his answer. Obviously, we think very highly of this program. Great season so far. I mean, stacking together wins. But, um, you know, looks like they, they have had some hiccups here and there. So uh, I'm going to say that maybe right before the, uh, the state's the, – the championship, they – they falter a little bit. So I'm going to go no way here. All right. Uh, let's move on to our second one where we talk about the Loyola Academy boys uh, water polo team who are also uh, going to be competing uh, in the same sectional in the GBN sectional as a number two seed. So Marty, way or no way that the Loyola Academy boys water polo team can win that sectional with Nutria in it. Can win the sectional. Mm, that's a good one. 
Uh, I'm going to flip here and I'm going to go way on this one. And I think the, uh, the Ramblers pull, pull a little bit of an upset. You know, it looks like they uh, have had some hiccups as well. Um, looking at their schedule right now uh, coming in at eight and five, but looking like maybe they're playing uh, their best right now with four straight wins. So I'm going to go way on this one. Yeah, that's a good one because um, yeah, as the, as the one and two seeds, Nutri and Loyola, you figure it's coming down to them. And I think it is. And I think Loyola, um, you know, they play a tough schedule, of course. Uh, so they're good, but I, st- I like Nutri's team. I think they're, they're the, they're the team to beat in that sectional. And while, at the old cliche, you could throw records out the window when uh, the rivals play in a second <laughs> championship. Um, I think Nutria is the better squad and they take it. So no way that Loyola wins the sectional. All right, we're going to flip on over now to the girls water polo side where uh, Loyola Academy girls team is the number four seed in the GBS sectional uh, with Nutria being number one. So Joe, way or no way that the girls water polo team can win this sectional. Are we talking about Loyola? Yeah. Yeah, no, no way. Um, you know, and this is probably recency bias too, since I just talked to them and wrote a story about how great they are. But <laughs> Loyal Nutria's girls team is is pretty powerful. And um, um, they, they've kind of ran through the area um, other than uh, Evanston, I think, is their main competition there. And I think we're looking at a, a Nutria Evanston sectional championship. So no way for Loyola. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to agree with here, Joan, and go no way on that one. Uh, also, the Trevians and Wildkits, I think, uh, too much. And sim- similar similar reasoning to Joe, I'm going to go no way here as well. All right, let's jump over to the Nutrier Girls Water Polo side where uh, they are number one seed, like I mentioned earlier. Marty, way or no way that the Girls Water Polo team from Nutrier loses before the sectional final? Loses before the sectional final. I'm going to go no way on this one. I think they're a very motivated group after reading Joe's story seems like they have a mission in mind and they're uh, willing to do anything to accomplish it. So I'm going to go no way on this one. And I might even be willing to say they run the table throughout the, uh, throughout the entirety of the season playoffs included. So I'm going to go no way on this one. Well, I'm also going to go no way. I mean, I think they're, um, they're in the, they're in the sectional championship. You can pencil them in there. I could see the kids doing something special. I don't think it'll happen, um, but I think it could. You know, last I think the last game they played was eight seven. So, but I like Nutrier, and if they get out of the sectional, I like them in the in the final four. Um, but there, there it's going to be pretty stiff once they get there. But I, I don't think they're going to lose before then. So, no way. All right, final way or no way, Joe? Way or no way that boys lacrosse and boys volleyball has a state championship this year? I am the uh, forever optimist when it comes to this stuff. And we talked about it when we, when we talked about basketball that, that, you know, all it takes is just a little, a little change here and there on the state level. Or if, if we open on June 11 and it seems like I just say prepared for it. So I, I say way, I think that they're going to get it done and we're going to see a state state series for both those sports, an official one from the IHSA. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to agree here and go away. Optimism and hope are abound here, I think. And uh, we're starting to and have been moving in the right direction for quite some time. You know, it seems each day, each week, things are uh, further improving. And we're starting to see more and more things return to quote unquote normalcy. So I'm going to go away here. And I, I'm going to believe that we, we will get uh, state tournaments. All right, folks, there you have a way or no way. We had some disagreements, but some kumbaya toward the end. So uh, 
work on that toward uh, the next few uh, battles between Wei or no Wei. But let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we got some things, uh, some sports that we're looking forward to. And uh, one of the bigger things that we're looking forward to is some big uh, lacrosse matchups that we have coming up between our local teams. And that starts off with um, the girls' uh, teams for Nutrier and Loyola facing off against each other, each other on Thursday. And then the boys' teams face off against each other uh, next week. I mean, guys, obviously, these uh, matchups are always fun because uh, they usually are a good indicator of what the state championship is going to be like. I mean, no love lost between these two teams. Um, so, I mean, what are we looking forward to with uh, both the girls and the boys' team uh, facing off against each other within the next week? Yeah, I think on the girls' side of things, we're getting a state championship preview here. You look at the Ramblers, they're 10-0. You look at Nutrier, one loss on the season. I think they're 10-1, and only loss coming to the Ramblers. So uh, definitely fair to say I think they'll be motivated for this game coming to try to get some revenge against the Ramblers on the hill. But it, it's going to be an awesome game, and I, I think it's almost certain that this is uh, the, the state championship preview right here. And I think I really think it's the same. It seems like one of those years on the boys' side, too. I think both teams are undefeated on the boys' side. I think 7-0 I got for Nutrier and 5-0. They started a little later than the girls, um, the boys did, but a 5-0 uh, team for the Ramblers. So I think, well, we'll know once they meet up, but um, it's going to be a battle there. Um, it's going to be fun, um, just intense stuff. So uh, you can just expect uh, – not a high scoring game because these teams are going to bring it on defensive and intense side. Um, I think the correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, I think the loyal and sure girl the first time was about 12 to nine, something like that. So, um, and I think loyal came back a little bit, so it's going to be good stuff on the girls and boys side. I'm excited. Yeah. 12, seven, the first matchup and uh, very early on in the season in mid April. So, uh, you know, both teams have certainly had a chance since to sort of feel out uh, what kind of unit they're going to be this year and uh, what kind of style they'll be playing. So um, you expect that this one will probably be even closer than that first game. Always a fun matchup when those two teams uh, face off against each other and good to get both sides of uh, the lacrosse ball going to. Um, but we also have a good track meet that's coming up. I know, Joe, you mentioned um, got some local talent and local uh, teams in there. What are some of the things that we're looking forward to um, with Loyola and Nutrier and some other area teams kind of competing in the same meet? Oh, I'm going to tell you uh, and be honest to everybody. I have no idea. And that's why I'm excited. To... <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm excited to check it out. We get to see uh, Nutrier, um, Loyola and Regina uh, all at the same place tonight, I think, as well as uh, another team, maybe Maine South. Um, at Loyola for senior night. Um, so it should be pretty excited. We got a great day for it um, and a little early. So I get to um, duck out of the newsroom about 4.30 and check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. They always bring um, some good teams, definitely on the distance side um, for Loyola and Nutrier um, are always uh, top-notch programs, but um, they always have some, some field athletes too um, th that can bring it. So I'm excited to see what they're putting out there. Always fun to check it out and always uh, fun to uh, check out track and uh, field in the spring, but those days can get pretty windy and cold. So uh, make sure you bundle up and uh, bring a hat or two. No one, no one should be ashamed of wearing a hat at a track meet uh, when that wind comes out, especially. 
Um, but we also had to finish things off. We got to get football in there as always, just always get to get some football stats in there. Um, we had some local talent, uh, get recognized for great football spring seasons. Um, Loyola Academy senior running back Von Pepperton was selected by the Chicago Sun-Times player of the year in the metro area, um, was named. He was also named MVP in the CCL blue division and, uh, as uh, the most valuable player and coach, uh, John Holosek was also named uh, the coach of the year in the blue division. Um, a lot of recognition uh, for the Ramblers guys in the season um, where, I mean, I feel like we've said it ad nauseum at this point, but um, a really loaded Loyola team that really shouldn't be surprised that they're getting recognized for their talent this year. No, um, well-deserved across the board. And I think they got a, uh, they got an all-conference player or two. And I think, every level um, on the playing field. I think they had three linebackers, um, which they should have. Those guys were legit all season long. Um, just, a, just a dynamic team and, you know, well-earned Pemberton. Um, I'm going to screw up the stats a little bit, but we're talking 16 touchdowns in six games, uh, over a thousand total yards. I think 950 of them were rushing um, in six games. And there was actually one, I don't know if you guys saw this, there was one All-State team and I forgot who did it um, that did not have Pemberton as the first team run, running back. And they had, to, they had to have Irving from Hillcrest, I think, uh, uh, is my guest. Um, he's going to Minnesota. I actually didn't see the team in full, but I just saw Pemberton's reaction with the, the cry laughing emoji onto it <laughs> on Twitter. So he thought that was funny. But seriously, I don't know how you give it to anybody other than Pemberton after that season against Am I wrong in saying the best defensive strength of schedule out there? Like, were no, there more yeah. defensive teams than Rita Carmel, Brother Rice, Marist? I don't think so, at least. Right. So, um, don't know how you give it to anybody else, but pump. <laughs> so, I think I agree with Pemberton on that one, but pretty cool stuff. We also had a new Trier player who was recognized for a great season, uh, senior outside linebacker Brody Roth was named the CSL South uh, Defensive Player of the Year after posting 72 tackles, six sacks, four passes defended. Um, other Trevs also made the all-CSL South team, including Neven Kermasoli, uh, Luke Elias, Jesse Mendoza, Josh Kirkpatrick, Tyler Harden, um, Ryan Ridner, Liam Cummins, and Mag Dancy, and Luke Stewart. But um, with Brody Roth, I mean, he was a constant name for us in the past uh, few months when we were talking football. And uh, Marty, I know you got a good chance to check him out a lot of times, obviously, all the games you covered and um, shouldn't be a real, really that big of a surprise that he was honored this way. Yeah. And, you know, the really amazing thing about Brody is you could really make an argument that he could have been the CSL defensive and offensive player of the year in the same season because very, very, very well deserved on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, I could I could easily see him winning the award on the offensive side of the ball as well, because he was a force for that Trevian's offense. He was the go to guy for them. He was the guy when they needed yards that you knew the ball was going to be in his hands. But uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball, just a, just a phenomenal year from Brody over 10 sacks a game uh, and that performance against Maine South in week five is one that really sticks out. Um, over 20 tackles, 12 solos, you know, he was just all over the field, sideline to sideline on every play and um, his speed and just his overall experience and know-how on the defensive side of the ball just made a huge difference for that Trevings team this year. And it's going to be really tough replacing him uh, on both sides of the ball, but particularly uh, on the defensive side of him, uh, they're going to have a big hole to fill next season, losing Brody. But uh, 
well-deserved and, and congratulations on a, on a phenomenal year uh, all around, all around for Brody this year. Yeah. And congrats to uh, all the players and obviously coaches on a great season for uh, not only being recognized for the great play on the field, but just for being able to put together a football season in a crazy year um, and being able to uh, get through all of it, obviously uh, well-deserved on there, but um, I think that's everything we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for listening to us talk about North Shore sports. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Android, whatever. Make sure you guys are looking us up. Write us a nice little review as well. If you like listening to the episode, these episodes of the podcast, listen to other episodes and spread the word as well while you're cheering for the local North Shore sports teams. All right, that's everything we have for this week. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.